You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. This episode of the Sportsman's Nation is brought to you by Outdoor Edge and their complete lineup of replaceable blade knives, fixed blade knives, and game processing kits. Now, we've all been there before, trying to field dress your wild game with a dull knife. This is where Outdoor Edge really steps in. With the Razor Safe system, you can have a brand new razor sharp blade with just the push of a button. No more dull blades and no more problems processing your wild game. To check out all of the products from Outdoor Edge, visit OutdoorEdge.com. And at checkout, enter the discount code NATION30. That's N-A-T-I-O-N-3-0 for 30% off of your purchase. Welcome to Missouri Woods and Water Podcast with your hosts, Nate Thomas and Micah Winstead. Shit, that was good. There you go. It sounds too legit. That's that's why you that's why you're supposed to do it because you know we're supposed I, to be legit. I like the fly by the seat of your pants type deal. You know, I, I know or, you are organized chaos. That sort of stuff. But there's no organization to you. It's just chaos. And you know what? It's done me well for the past 33 years. <clears throat> that's true. That's true. So. No Andy tonight. No, nah, he's still fighting the he's bid. Still, yeah, he's still fighting that. It's, uh, he's I doing, think he's, he's doing, doing a lot be- better. He's just. Yeah, he's still in quarantine or whatever, I think. Yeah. So, uh, missed him Send tonight. him well wishes. Yeah. Um, he missed a good one tonight, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Tonight was fun. Uh, I learned a lot. You know? <laughs> Pretty much everything. Uh, our guests tonight were Ty- are Tyler Jarvis and Brian Beckman. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian has been hunting for hunting geese for twenty five plus years, which uh, is pretty impressive because he was younger than me. Yes. So he, he's pretty much been hunting it as since long, he could as, walk yeah. most. And Tyler uh, has been hunting for several years now too. Seems like a lot with yeah. uh, Brian, and uh, and uh, pretty much everything those two guys said was new to me. I mean, honestly. Yeah, we're not we're not geese hunters. Don't claim to be geese hunters. So, no. We asked we asked those guys on and they kind of just give us a breakdown of, you know, some things to expect, some things you need to do as a beginner. Yeah. So, you know, it was good for us. A little late in the game, um the season here in Missouri, I believe, ends on February 6th. Don't quote me on that, but somewhere around that date. So, when this show comes out, it'll be close to the end of the season. So, Hurry the hell up. Get out there. <laughs> get your geese. Yeah, you got to get it done quick. Uh, or, you know, get you a fire for next year. Get you get that desire. There you go. Right? K- 
kindling it up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we mentioned it in the show, but um, we're recording this the night after uh, Bill's Chiefs big game. football game, and hopefully yeah. this is af- – people are hearing this after the Chiefs have beaten the Bengals because we're recording this before that game. But I'm a big Chiefs fan. Micah is a fan of the Chiefs. He doesn't care about football nearly. Yeah, as much. I don't care. But, but if I, if somebody said, "What's your favorite team?" I would say the Chiefs. Chiefs. So that that we stayed up late after that game and uh, recorded this show late tonight. So yeah. appreciate Tyler and uh, Brian doing that. Yeah, we were all kind of running on fumes. fumes. <laughs> That's what we are on right now. Yeah. So, what else have you been doing? Anything? Uh, we did a little bit of coyote hunting the other day. That was kind of fun. Yeah. Tried out some new spots. So that is one thing we learned in our last tournament. Yeah. We definitely need to hit spots first. Prior to prior them in a tournament. Just to <clears throat> get a layout. Because you can look at maps all you want, but you ain't going to know exactly where you, what you're going to do and where you should set up until you actually put feet on the ground. Mm-hmm. So we did a little, I guess, scout hunting. Sort of thing. Yeah. You know, didn't really have any success. Had a little bit. Had a little bit. A little bit. We, little did, bit. we, we did see a coyote. I don't really know what it was doing. Yeah. It it was paralleling us one way and then back the other. <laughs> so it uh, kind of threw me off. And then uh, the farmer had to come feed his cows. Yeah, and, and the stuff, farmer so. came. So, I, I mean, I'm not sure if she was spooked by him originally and then our call got her to come back or what in the hell. But, yeah. We at least saw her. Um, we didn't see any other coyotes, um, but had some fun. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. Got to go out for a few hours. It's always a good time. Spend time in the woods and out in nature. Now I'm trying to decide what to do with uh, a new product that I just procured today. Came same, in the mail. Same, samesies. So I, uh, we got some Maven stuff. Yeah, Maven optics and. Um, I got their RS1 rifle scope, and I can't decide what I'm going to do with it. Don't know which gun you're going to throw it on. Yeah. Um, I've got a 243 that definitely needs a new scope, but I'm also going to be getting a new gun here soon, hopefully. Yeah. And I kind of want to put that that Maven on it. But anyway, I, I took the scope upstairs and kind of looked through everything, and dude. It's a big difference. It's... uh. Now I know what they say. In some things, you get what you pay for. Oh yeah. Oh definitely. I mean, in glass is one of those things. So I haven't actually. I got binoculars. I got the uh, B threes, I believe. B one threes, ten by uh, ten by thirties. And I mean, I just opened up and looked around. You know, the basement here, and my last pair of binoculars were like $50 <laughs> pursuits from Bass Pro when they were on sale. Uh-huh. So I definitely made a huge upgrade. Super excited to get those and yeah. put them to work. Yeah, I compared my um, my binoculars with another pair of binoculars I own. won't say the brand because I am a fan of them, so don't want people to think I don't like them. But I compared them, and my binoculars, I got the 11, I got 11 by 45s. Right. You went with the big dogs. Uh, not big, big dogs, but bigger dogs. Right. And uh, I compared them with my 10 by 42s So really, really close to similar, you know, a little bit more zoom and a l- small, a tiny bit smaller or bigger optical lens. Mm-hmm. But um, while I still am a fan of my 10 by 42s from another company, these Mavens were, I, 
I don't know what else to say, really. They were sweet. They are quality. Like, it, it, it looked like I was looking through and watching high-def TV at 700 yards away. Yeah. It was it was awesome. Yeah, that's exciting, man. They got some good stuff for sure. Yeah. Um, Anyways, so check them out if you are looking for stuff. Um, yeah, if they're, you're uh, they're a, um, what do you call it? Direct to consumer? Yeah. Yeah, they don't, they don't, uh, they're not in any retail stores. So yeah. direct to consumer. Yeah, they are. So. So anyway, that's what I've, I did messed with today just because they came in the mail. So I was pretty happy with it. Mm-hmm. I think I even put a little uh, story on our, our deal when I was opening it. Yeah, there you go. See, I can do that every once in a while. Yeah. No, I get it. Um, uh, okay, so be- before today's show, we got two sponsors. Um, our new partners, Midwest Gunworks. Yep. They just got back from SHOT Show last week. Yeah, they. Uh, if if you're not following those guys, follow those guys on Instagram and stuff like that. I mean, they were, you know, showing some new stuff, some new product coming out. What was that new gun that he was – I'm pretty sure you asked the question. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dude, that thing was sick the looking. The Pursuit? Yeah. Yeah. So there's three new guns that came out of SHOT Show that they all told me about. Well, one of them I found out on my own. But yeah. that our contact at Midwest told us about. And uh, the Pursuit, I probably won't go after. Because for whatever reason, um, Bergara didn't, I think it's a Bergara, didn't make it in 6mm Creedmoor. Yeah. But freaking Christensen came out with an MH, is coming out with an MHR. Which is the modern hunting rifle, which is so not is replacing it, the MPR, but it's another option. So what's different with it? You're just gonna have to Google it. <laughs> there's a bunch of customization options, and oh, okay. I, mean, I don't really know that there's a lot of differences. Um, they've got new plastic. It's a carbon type of plastic, I guess you'd call it, that makes it a lot lighter. So like this one's supposed to be two pounds lighter. Oh, that's a big difference. That, for me, matters. Um, and if the barrel length could be a little shorter and they offer it in six Creed, uh, that I might wait for that gun to come out. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, so they, they just got back from shot, so I'm interested to talk to our buddy there and kind of get some more information. But check out Midwest Gunworks, MidwestGunworks.com. Use the code MWW5, 5% so, off. Yeah. Cut it back. Cut it back digital. I got to go pull my cameras, man. Keep saying it. Every I know. Da- every damn show. <laughs> Keep saying it. We say it, and then we still haven't done it. I got to do the same thing. I will give everybody a little update. I got my report this morning. I I am on day. Hold on. I got to switch counts if I can real quick. Sorry, this is taking forever. Real professional. Yeah, I know. I am on day 229 of my batteries, and everything's still okay. I'm going to tell you this. So, I highly recommend Cuddy Link System. I've been a huge fan of ours. Yeah. Mine. I also highly recommend any camera you buy of a Cuddy, Cuddy back camera. The one knock they have on them is they suck battery mm-hmm. because they're constantly talking to each other. Yep. You got you to gotta sacrifice something. Right. So, get the external, at the, in my opinion, at the minimum, get the external battery packs. Mm-hmm. Or the solar, which I don't even have the solar option. Right. I'd like to try it, but I don't really have a spot where the solar would work for me. Most all my I don't know if it has to be tank. like real sunny or how that works. Well, hey, I, th- I actually saw it today on social media. They posted they had one, uh, and I think it's over a thousand days that the thing's still going. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So I mean, but 
same thing with my you you use those external packs and i don't keep my cameras out year round so it's not a problem for me but with those external packs i had to put uh how many batteries come in the external packs six six i had to switch out the home camera (coughs) external pack just the external pack on one of my cameras once this year and you probably would have been okay because but i will say you probably get more pictures than i do well i'll have to because i can see uh, yeah you can actually see yeah i can tell or whatever but i mean it's not like i'm getting thousands upon thousands of pictures so i mean obviously the more pictures you take the more it's going to have to talk to each other the more battery you're going to use but we definitely would suggest getting the external battery pack and they're not that expensive no but it is going to add a little cost yeah so there's that just think about it and since it has a little cost why don't you use the code (laughs) dude this is a (laughs) professional segue Use the code MOWW22. 22. It's the new code for this year for 10% off. Yeah. So that pretty much covers your taxes. Or there whatever. you go. Boom. Done. All right. That's our uh, partners for today's show. Appreciate them being a part of our show and helping us make this show possible. Yep. We introduced our, our guest already. We did that bass backwards. That's okay. Don't we normally do it the other way around? Yeah, it varies. Really excited to to re-listen to this, too, because those guys had a lot of good information. Yep. The whole time, I had to remember that I had to ask questions because I was just sitting there listening. Yeah, soaking it, was, it in. It was really good. Yeah. Uh, so uh, let's just get into the, today's show with Tyler Jarvis and Brian Beckman. This is the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast. All right, with us tonight, we got returning guest Tyler Jarvis. What's up, buddy? What's going on, man? And new guest, his buddy Brian Beckman. What's going on, man? How's it going? Not bad. Not bad. We're sitting out here on, uh, what, a Monday night, about 8.30, the night after the Chiefs put us through. Uh, about the, three or four mixed emotions. <laughs> yeah. Three or four? Well, I think I oh, went yeah. through more than that. <laughs> yeah. I went from, uh, I don't even want to talk about it. So, all of us are running on a short amount of sleep and now we're recording a podcast at 8 30 on a monday night after it's kind of windy all day and tyler you work outside i know mm-hmm. what do you do brian i'm a construction supervisor for spire energy so i uh i don't work outside much but i do get out every once in a while yeah you want you one of those ones that sit in the truck and yell out the window hey get this done or <laughs> something nah, like that? I, I don't yell at anybody i uh I pretty much let them do what they're doing as long as they're doing it safe and being efficient. That's he's a safety guy like it. me. There you go. There you go. Wear tennis shoes to work. Hey, <laughs> those are a little more comfortable. I'm just saying. <laughs> I need a new pair of boots, bad. Uh, okay, so before we get into it, Tyler's been on our show before. Uh, if you want to actually hear a badass episode about a deer, um, he came on our show. How many months ago was that? Mm. It's been a while. Couple two three months. It was the first part of October. I, would, I remember yeah. I couldn't come to it because I was I had COVID. Yeah, so I couldn't make it to the show. It was. I'm pretty sure both season may have just started. Yeah, shows you how good of a host I am. I was actually gonna look it up and tell everybody the name. Here it is, episode number seventy three. Seventy three. Tales of the Chase, a buck named Cotton Eye Joe. Uh, Go back and listen to that one because that's a hell of an episode, one of my favorite deer stories we've heard. So uh, go back and listen to that one. Tyler was on that show with us, um, so I appreciate you coming back on to talk about something else tonight. But nobody knows you, Brian. 
yet. So why don't you introduce yourself to everybody where you're from? You kind of already told everybody what you do. Uh, and what's all this different stuff you do out uh, in the Missouri outdoors? So uh, my name's Brian Beckman. I live in Odessa, born and raised here. Um, my biggest thing is is I'm big into hunting waterfowl, turkey, deer. Just started getting into deer about five, six years ago. Uh, big waterfowl hunter, been doing it for 25 years. Um, kind of raised different ways, and, and things have changed different in them 25 years. Mm-hmm. Um, it's nothing like it used to be. But uh, I, I love the outdoors and got a little daughter. She'll be four in March and do everything I can to provide for her. And that's uh, that's a little about me. So did you grow up then hunting waterfowl, I'm guessing? Yes, sir, I did. I uh, I grew up watching my uncles and grandpa. They were always always going hunting, and I would beg, and they'd say, well, we'll let you know. And 9 o'clock would roll around, and my uncle would call me, well, we're not going to be able to take you this time. So <laughs> I, I used to be the, the kid that would get all fussy, and, and then finally they started taking me. And then when I was old enough, me and my brother kind of took it under our wing and, and started venturing out and doing different things, and, and that's how we built built our strong relationships waterfowl and huh how you figure um you figure that a large percentage of this is just my view on our state at least i figure most people start out deer hunting is the way i look at it am i wrong like i, f- I think that's the most popular most thing sure. right? yeah, that's what most i was people went. yeah you know start out deer hunting but you kind of started out waterfowl hunting and just recently got into deer in the last five years you were saying yeah it's uh I never really had a drive to rifle hunt. I just always thought, uh, you take a high-powered rifle out, you shoot a deer. Um, all Every opening year, we'd be duck hunting, and all the deer hunters driving around, like, man, them guys are crazy. No way I would miss duck hunting for deer hunting. And, and yeah, uh, here we think you're crazy because you're sitting out <laughs> in the middle of a field freezing your ass off. Right. And uh, and I tell you what, this these last five years, I've I've started rifle hunting. Uh, last year, I shot an ice buck. Uh, not this last season, the season before. Shot an ice one opening morning, and that kind of hooked me. And uh, then this year, opening morning wasn't so good. And I'm like, eh, maybe I better go back to waterfowl hunting. <laughs> hey, Tyler, you guys are about the same size, it looks like. You need to let him shoot your bow. See if he, get, like, See if he bow gets hunting. stuck on that. So, <laughs> he has a bow. He just won't. He's not doing it yet. No, he's taking it. But I, I, I tried shooting it. His draw length is quite a bit shorter than mine. Mm-hmm. But man, the thing with bow hunting is it's it's kind of like me versus him with duck hunting. You know he he's been going duck hunting. Would you say Matt went to 20, this year twenty five years forty some almost. odd times? Wow. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And you're killing something every time. You know, not like deer hunting where you're looking you kill a deer, long. you got that one tag, you're done. Yeah. You know, and that's what I take from, you know, waterfowl hunting. You know, you can go for months and months at a time and kill something every time. Yeah. So it's your hunts, it's it's never a, a fail, I guess you could say. Right. You know, like deer hunting, you're like, oh, he slipped away or I didn't see him. And you look at that as a, a an unsuccessful. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but when it comes to waterfowl, and, you know, you – I wouldn't say it's easy to kill your birds. Like, you obviously have to know what you're doing. Sure. And there's a lot that goes into it. But, you know, once you do it for so long, you master the techniques and yeah. get to understand. And 
they're a lot like deer. Like you hunt geese long enough, you'll start to understand like how they actually work. You know, they're like deer. They have a routine that they like to do mm-hmm. throughout the whole day. And that's what I love the most about, you know, spending the weekends with him out there and wherever it may be, crop field or pasture pond or whatever is, you know, you build friendships, you know, they get stronger and you don't have to worry about being quiet. <laughs> you know, you can stand up and just talk about the week, talk about your life, whatever yeah. it may be. And, and you know, when the time approaches and you got geese in your face, it's, it's kind of a chess match, you know, it's, you can talk to them, you know, and they respond back and yeah. you just watch them work and, it's 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 a blast and i'm glad i'm glad he uh kind of got me back into it a couple years ago because it's I, I don't i wouldn't say it's more fun than you know shooting a boot and crockett deer for me but it's it's right there it's a, it's a close number two. Oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i yeah. can see that i mean and the, honestly that's why i've never really gotten into waterfowl hunting i have i went duck hunting i think twice with my brother-in-laws uh grant is a big duck hunter and uh, the first time I went, that was the day after they went up to Grand Pass, I think. And them crazy bastards get up at 2 in the morning, drive up to Grand Pass. You guys probably have been through this routine just to get a chance to hunt. And I'm like, you guys are stupid. No way I'm doing that. And the next day we went hunting together just here at, at home. And we're out in the ice, you know, breaking ice. And I'm like, this is dumb. I'm freezing cold. He's like, just wait, just wait. So we get in the blind and, you know, talking and, you know, kind of having fun, which is different than deer hunting. You know, you feel like you almost have to whisper. But he's mm-hmm. like, no, just talk. And, you know, bored for a few minutes. The next thing you know, you just hear, you know, and you're just like, what What was that? He's like, ducks, be ready, be ready. And, you know, next thing you know, there's a duck right in front of us flying by. And first shot I ever took at a duck was so freaking off. I mean, it wasn't even close. <laughs> He's like, well, at least you shot at one, you know, but you you do feel that definite adrenaline rush, and you could see where you keep chasing that every time you go, and also then the money starts coming out of your pockets just as fast as any other hobby, I'm sure, I mean, which we'll get into. It's kind of like coyote hunting. You're just you're looking for that one to come in and, you know, give you that little – Adrenaline, that quick high, yeah. yeah. Even when you, I mean, it's the same thing. I mean, I, I, honestly, I would say coyote hunting and like goose hunting and duck hunting are more closely related than any of those three are related to deer hunting. Agree, disagree? Yeah, yeah, I agree. You know, because like a deer, I mean, like you just said, Tyler, especially bow hunters, you'll hunt like me damn near 30 times this year to kill the deer you were after. Mm-hmm. And that's now considered successful when in you look at it, you were one for 30. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty bad batting average if you're a baseball player or whatever, but it's just, uh, you know, whereas coyote hunting or t- goose hunting, you almost look at it as unsuccessful if you don't kill something each time you go out hunting. Uh, maybe you, I mean, I don't ever look at something as an unsuccessful day. Yeah. You're always happy for the most part. Most of the time you're always having a good time, no matter what you're doing, as long as you're out there. Yeah. Right doing it unless you break your truck or all kinds of shit goes bad and you right yeah you can <laughs> well i'm sure everybody here would agree a bad day hunting is a better than a great day at work sure exactly. <laughs> yeah sir yes sir that's yeah sure that's uh that's one thing when it when it comes to hunting i'd everybody likes killing and killing and being successful that way but when you get out there and enjoy the time with family and friends and 
and when you do kill them you you celebrate more and and it's more fun with all the work that you put in for it um, because they're it's not easy by any means and i'm not a professional either but uh i am very dedicated and and i do what it takes or i'll go above and beyond and uh, try to make something happen that other people wouldn't try Um, that's how i've been successful in the past yeah and like you said you develop those relationships i mean you don't have to be perfect or try to count them all, but how many people in your lifetime now, 25 years you've been hunting waterfowl, how many people you think you've hunted with in your lifetime now? You know, if I had to put a number on it, maybe 20 tops. Mm-hmm. I just uh, I keep a close circle. But even um, even a close circle, that's still 20 people. Absolutely. That other than your brother probably, you've most likely gotten closer to than you would have been before. Absolutely. Just because you go hunting together now. Right, I mean, yeah. And another thing, it's it's easy to me. I think it's easier to make memories, goose or duck hunting. Because how many times, Brian, have we had a single come in, and you whip out your phone and you said, "You got this," when I'm on video, and right. you know, and you have that video for the rest of your life. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's just it's almost it. it's easier to make memories with people for multiple reasons. You're with somebody, yeah, and you can do shit like that. I mean, you can remember that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know about, well, Micah and me, I know. Tyler, I'm guessing you're very similar. Most of the time when I'm bow hunting, I'm by myself. Yeah. I'm, I do take my sons now, so that's cool making those memories with them, and I have gotten the phone out for those. But a lot of uh, hardcore deer hunters or bow hunters are by themselves when they hunt. Do you talk to your imaginary cameraman like I do? <laughs> uh, no, I talk to myself. <laughs> like, usually it's like, don't screw this up. Don't screw this up. You know, oh, you're an like idiot. Your Why'd you sit there? You should have sat over here. <laughs> yeah, that happens. Yeah. That happens. I, I definitely always have a cameraman. It's just he's invisible. He's, he's not see. actually there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, but, you know, it, that's what, you know, you have. You still have those memories, but mm-hmm. nobody shared that memory with you. Yeah. Whereas with, uh, you know, waterfowl hunting, you're at least sharing that memory with one other person, I'm assuming. And a lot of times it's probably more than one person. Right. You know, goose hunting, I've seen pictures of, you know, four or five guys together i'm guessing duck hunting similar where you can many people you squeeze in the blind comfortably we can make it happen yeah and that's one like with cotton eye joe i'm so glad i did it is i whipped out my phone and i just started videoing every emotion i had from five seconds after i killed him right. till walking up to him and you know i i'm not gonna lie there's probably been Ten times I've gone back throughout the last year and a half and just watched it and just relived them 30 seconds, you know. Yeah. Yeah. uh, There's one regret I have from my son, that deer right there. My son killed his first deer this year. No, that uh, year over there. And um, there's one regret I have. He killed first deer ever, killed it with a bow. It was a crossbow, but he's 11, so he couldn't pull anything back. And the one regret I have is I wasn't doing anything. I could have pulled my phone out. And videotape the whole thing. You're in the I, moment, I sat it down. Yeah, you're kind of living in the moment. I, I just, get it. But everything afterwards, since I was the daddy and I, I wasn't the shooter. Everything else after that was on video. Yeah. And I, dude, I've made like what do you call them? Reels? Not reels. Uh, video. I put them together like the different videos I took. I put them all together so they're one video. Is that called editing? I don't know. <laughs> I think it's real, isn't it? I don't know. Is it a real? Okay. I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. You know, and just collaboration. Sure, there you go. Watch all those back. You know, I with my big deer this year, I didn't really get that. Um, we did have a buddy when we went on the, the trail about two hours after I shot him. 
he videotaped everything. Yeah. Which is cool. I need to get that from Pat. But uh Yeah, I wanna see that. It's pretty cool. I mean he 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 literally started videoing when we got to the house all the way to where Andy looks at me and he's like, You're an idiot. <laughs> I'm like, What? What? And the deer was laying dead thirty yards in front of me. Yeah. Never saw him. So, you know, it's but that's a memory now that is on video mm-hmm. and it's not something you just have to try to remember. Yeah. So that's that that's probably easier waterfowl hunting because you're right. You can uh you can do it together. So when did you all start goose hunting together? I think I think the first time I ever went with him was high school. Funny story. It was it was pretty cold. It was on a Friday, I believe. And the X just so happened to be like right just west of my mom's house, you know, just on the other side of the yard. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, yeah, we're 16, 17, somewhere around there. And so I don't even remember how many decoys we had. It couldn't have been a whole lot. We probably set out a dozen, maybe. Maybe, maybe a dozen or maybe 10. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever, whatever we could fit in our car at the time. <laughs> and I just remember my feet getting so damn cold because a lot of times you're just laying there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one thing if you stand up. It's another thing you lay down. That's It's even more easy for that blood to escape your feet. Yeah, but go back to the core. My younger brother was actually there with us, and first goose he ever shot was a banded goose. <laughs> nice. A banded goose, yeah. So once we all killed our limits, it was, you know, it was awesome. I was like, I can't believe I've never done this before. You know, I've been deer hunting since I was 9, 10, you know. And, right. And um, <laughs> we had a wild hair to go back to the house and cut the breast out of these geese, and we were going to try it for the first time. You know, mm-hmm. we've never, we, of course, we know we've ate deer before, but we've, we, I've never had a, never tried a goose. goose or a yeah. duck or anything like that. And, you know, so we're, we're young and we, we don't know how to prepare venison <laughs> at that time. So, it, you know, this is not a lie. We cut the breast out. We rinsed the feathers and stuff off. And I've put it on a skillet on my mom's stove right there in the kitchen. And I cooked it to where I thought it looked done. And we all took a bite. And I didn't eat a goose again <laughs> until it was pretty awful. two weeks ago. <laughs> I mean, it stunk the house up. I'm oh, like, man. man, what are we doing here? Like, this smells worse than dog food. And, yeah, it was – I think, you know, I honestly, I went goose hunting maybe – Three or three or four more times after that, total, total, and I didn't go for a long time. You know, I sports, all that stuff got in the way, and sure. I, that took all my time and energy. And right, um, yeah, it was a long ten, fifteen years or better for. You know, he asked me if I wanted to go, and I was like, sure. You know, it's been a while. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, that's the older I've gotten, and. The kind more, the more I appreciate being in the outdoors, outside yeah. hunting. You know, you don't have to just live for October through January. You yeah. know, you can, you can do other things. Yeah, and we'll definitely get more into this in a second. But, um, you know, because this show is basically about the basics of goose hunting. You know, what, what do you need to do? But, um, is it like I told you? I've never went goose hunting in my life. What? Uh, is it something you could guys like you guys could go set up in the morning, hunt a few hours and you're done for the day? You know, or do you what's a typical hunt like for you? So it uh you know, 
back when I first started and, and as the years progressed. I'd, Dust to dawn. Yeah, <laughs> it was, you know, hunt for a few hours, call it good. And now it's some of the better hunts have been late in the day, evening time. So you sat out there all day mm-hmm. and and you think, you're like, man, what am I doing? Wasting my time. I know they're not going to fly, but there's still that one opportunity that could happen. And uh, so, so I would say these last five years, I've done a lot more daylight to dark hunts than uh, than in the past. But, mm. but yeah, something. it is something where you could, you know, you can set up on a, a Saturday morning, right, and not touch it until Sunday evening. Mm-hmm. You know, if if you're on private ground, obviously. Right, sure. But yeah, and I think that's what, um, of course, I mean, you can make them quick hunts too if you needed to, but. I think that's one thing that we've really enjoyed about getting into coyote hunting a lot heavier the last few years is, well, we went coyote hunting Sunday. Yeah. Me and Micah did. And it don't have to take up the whole day we if you started don't want it, to. We started yeah. at daylight, first light, and we were, I was home, I had to be home by noon yeah. for kid stuff. Mm-hmm. And so we did, you know, four or five sits for the day and mm-hmm. had fun. And and geese are kind of a lot, you know, like say either coyotes or deer, you know, they have their times where they fly the heaviest and then there's times where they're just sitting in their field or in their on their watershed or whatever it may be, but you know you can plan your day accordingly to that. Yeah. You know, more than likely you're going to have a better chance of killing your geese anywhere between sunrise and nine, ten thirty, eleven o'clock. Then you're going to have that period where mid afternoon, kind of like a deer would be bedded down for the majority of the day. You know, them geese are doing the same thing. Uh, and so, so you're so like, okay, if I if I do have to go get something done or whatever i can leave now you know this is all based on if you don't kill your limit that morning too right so say you don't you know i can leave be back out there at two o'clock everything's still set up ready to go and you know they're just like deer come hour or so before sunset they start flying they they tend to start flying again and what is is it go ahead what is the limit on a on a goose three Three, three per, per day per person. I'm guessing per person per yeah. day yep. per day. So, is there anything that makes a goose? You know, like a deer during the rut, you might you might as well be there all day because at twelve thirty in the afternoon he could be coming through. Is there anything that makes a goose more susceptible to flying during the day, or you know during the mid part of the day? I mean, does weather mess with it more than uh, breeding? We'll call it, or is it just no? They really they really freeze up you know midday and they usually are flying in the mornings and the evenings yeah weather weather's a big factor when it comes to goose hunting um if you get warmer temps overnight uh they're typically gonna fly earlier in the morning um if it's cold if it gets down in the teens you can count on them they're gonna set there on their their water hole that they have and they're gonna go out once once a day and feed you'll get them in the evening but um if it's snowing, you want to be in a field. The geese are going to go to a field, and you will have success if you get into a field that they're in. It's just there's there's nothing that beats hunting in the snow over a field. Hmm. Uh, water hunting, it's by far easier than field hunting, and you get you get a lot of good decoy action over water. Um, but on a snowy day, field all day long. Um, we've sat on water during snowy days and wish we would have been in a field. Huh. Um, but weather does have a big factor. Um, 
I always love when it gets cold and then you get that warm up, you know, 50, 60 degrees for a couple of days and goose hunting gets really good then. So they, they prefer to fly when it's warmer? That, that's that would have made me – I would have thought the exact freaking opposite. Yeah, I would have thought they you know, would want to be moving. They want to move when they're cold. Yeah, yeah but they, they prefer to fly when it's warmer. I mean, we're not talking 95 degrees. No, yeah. <laughs> you know, it just but no, that's – you. Know, that's kind of what I've kind of been trying to take in more on the previous two years is trying to understand, you know, how a goose operates in different temperatures. Um, you know, I think we've we've come to seeing that, you know, on warmer days they they want water mm-hmm. over a field, and you know he's always sworn up and down if it's if it's chilly and there's a little bit of moisture in there and it's cloudy they're going to fly and it's it's held up true hmm. especially this year and then like the years or this year's numbers had just i don't want to say it hadn't been the same they've just been late getting down here because i think we've had a fairly mild winter mm-hmm. and i think we could all agree on that yep so far so it's you know they never really made their way down as soon as they did previous years but um i think they're majority of them are here right now are they yeah and is there a – this was not a question I was thinking of, but is there like a website or somewhere you guys – do you follow something, Brian, that tells you, you know, like what the migration pattern's doing right now or you just start paying attention to the skies more than anything? So I mean, so to be honest, I uh, I just kind of go off the temperature. If it if it's going to get really cold, I, I've always been a firm believer that geese are going to follow the ice line. Um, if the ice line's here, there's going to be geese here. Um, and if it continues to stay cold, they're going to be here. But as soon as it starts warming up, they'll start moving out. And, and typically, you don't see geese migrate in unless you set out all day long on a big north wind. You'll see them. But other than that, they just appear. They may be here one day, and the next day they're gone. Gotcha. Huh. They so, do have apps, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm sure. I don't have sure one, but I think I hunted with a buddy a couple weeks ago, and he was – Kind of like a like a deer hunting app. How they say like deer the cast. best, yeah, yeah, like the best deer hunting times are, you know, between eleven and three or whatever it may be. Yeah, and I was like, what What are you talking about? Like, he's like, I forget what he called it, but it's kind of like yeah, the, they somehow they predict their flying patterns and when they're gonna want to feed the heaviest or when they're gonna want to fly the most. And gotcha. Are you guys scouting your fields before y'all go out, or how do y'all pick which field? Because I'm assuming you have, you know, kind of like coyote hunting, you, the more spots you got, the more opportunities you can. So are you guys going out ahead of time, hey, they're hitting this field, or how and y'all do that? to piggyback that question, you can uh, answer this with it. Uh, on top of, you know, scouting those fields, what I mean, if somebody was, like, wanting to get into the goose hunting, what are some things that you want them – they should look for – in a spot that they might say, hey, I think I can hunt here. Will this be a spot that's going to be worth a damn? I uh, So I used to scout all the time, find a field, get permission, talk to the farmer, you know, and, and you build a friendship with them and, and you do things. Like I'll do things during the summer to help them out to hold that permission. Um, or if it snows, you know, shovel their driveway off when they're not expecting it. Um, I've kind of gave up on the scouting just because the hunting pressure is it's there's a lot of people that waterfowl hunt now goose hunt and by the time you find the field or the water hole that they're on 
somebody else has already got permission um mm-hmm. you know because you work during the week you don't get a chance to get out and watch like other people may get to um my biggest thing is is if you can find an area with the geese in it and try to get in between find their flight line um and then really what we've done here lately is just run a big big spread and uh just run traffic um we've we've hunted an x a couple times in a field but if i had to recommend yeah, i've heard you say that twice now. yeah what's an x yeah the x is where the highest the highest percentage of the geese in that area are at all at once gotcha so if you drive by a field and you see two thousand canadas feeding in this field we would call that the, the x. x okay yeah and so the next time you're back hunting at, you're on that X. Yeah. And not 300 yards it's, south. It's of it. just like a yeah. treasure map. Yeah. You know, where you X marks the spot. Right. That's, gotcha. that's what that means. That's where it came from. Goose yeah. hunting. Yeah. <laughs> but going back to where, kind of elaborate on how he said hunting traffic. Mm-hmm. You know, that just means we're in between their water and their food. So if they're coming back from their feed and they're going back to their water and they fly over us sitting on water. Mm-hmm. They're like, ooh, you know, there's a party down there. They turn around and they come right in. That's hunting traffic. Gotcha. Sometimes it works. Sometimes you have those pesky geese that it's already on their mind. They know where they're going, and they'll fly right over you. So you're so you're kind of so you're not necessarily on the water that they've been on, but you're in mm-hmm. one in between, and then you're trying to call them into your water. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And you know. Brian's hunted a lot more than I have, but in my recent years, the most success is when you're not hunting their roost, so that where they're at all the time, like especially at night, it's you're hunting close by. So when they get up off that roost, because obviously when you roll in to set up, they're there. So you're going to have to jump them off one way or another. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times they come back, a lot of times they don't. Um, But being just letting them know that you're not there so they um they don't feel that hunting pressure kind of like what he talked about earlier so when they do get up to go feed you know you're on there almost like a gas station i would call it yeah, you're on there you know if you're traveling stop. down the highway you need gas you pull off and gotcha hmm. brian and you're uh how do you feel like a, a goose responds to pressure like a deer right certain deer i mean all deer respond differently based on their personality but a lot of people obviously make the assumption that a mature buck you pressure him too much and it's over he'll never show his face again in the light of of day there whatever but how does it i mean in your 25 years of hunting how have you noticed goose geese um, experience pressure i mean do they tolerate you more if you can almost act like you're not pressuring them but you really are you know, like, can you pretend like you're just a farmer coming into the field and you, you're spooking them up? Or can they tell the difference between, in your opinion, a hunter and someone who's not a hunter? So so geese get smarter and smarter every year. Um, you know, they they know the difference between live geese and, and decoys and hunters and non-hunters. And uh, really the only thing that, that I try to do is just try to throw something different to them. Um, don't hunt the same field which I don't typically hunt many fields anymore like I said unless it's snowing but I'll just go every weekend I may hunt the same pond but I'm throwing something different to them 
Um, if it warms up, geese love to go to pasture. Pasture ponds is number one when it warms up. Mm. And when they see all them decoys down there, they, they can't hesitate. You know, you throw an ice eater in a pond and you open it up and it's 60-degree day, the geese are going to fly around and they're going to be looking for pasture. They're going to come to you. But uh, they they definitely know. And, and the reason why I say that is because around here, you may get geese that set all day and fly to go feed one time and then back to the roost. You drive 20 miles to the west towards the city and they fly all the time, every day, all day long. And that's because there's no hunting pressure. They don't get hunted up there. Hmm. So, and I think a lot of the, I think a lot of the flight, flight line that we used to have here when we held big numbers of geese has pushed west because they, they're getting smarter. They know. Um, People don't mess with us in Kansas City. Absolutely. Hmm. They, you know, they're in parking lots and in between (laughs) buildings and they see people all the time. You know, you come out here and them geese start flying, you're going to have probably 10 different groups of hunters around Lafayette County hunting them. And and they know that they feel that pressure. Oh, I believe it. I used to work for a company where I'd have to make deliveries around different areas. You know, different grocery stores. I delivered alcohol, and I remember Hyvee Rice up in Lee Summit. Every time I'd go there and make a delivery, you get chased by geese every time you get out of the truck because there's a big there's a big pond back there, and they just live up in that parking lot, and they would chase you around, and you get so pissed. But then you get the people that are like, oh, don't mess with them. Well, the damn thing pecked me. I'm going to kick out <laughs> of it. Sorry. Yeah, it's just like, if, you know, you're on a golf course. Yeah. And you walk up to a tee box and there's two dozen geese standing on the tee box. And, you're, you know, you're eight feet away from the goose and he's just looking at you. And you're, it's just like, how? Like, <laughs> why are you so comfortable? And I know. All the other geese around here, you know. And how many times this year, Brian, have we – you know, been hunting. We've had a group come in, and you can tell they've been shot at because they've got feathers missing on their wings, mm. and they'll get just uh, almost into range, and they pick something out that they don't like, and you know, they hightail it out of there. Mm. And some of them come back and circle, you know, a couple times, and you might eventually get them to suck in, but you know, more times than not, one of Goose Flares, he he saw something he obviously didn't like. And yeah, like he said, they're they're a very smart bird. It's it's not it's not a hundred percent guarantee that you can go out and kill a goose. Right. I mean, if and I'll be hundred percent truthful here, if I didn't have him, you know, back when I was sixteen, and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna try goose hunting. You know, I got a shotgun, some camo, whatever. You know, even if I did have some decoys, I wouldn't have known that. You know. They fly, you know, they fly into the wind when they come down. I wouldn't have known that okay. without him. Um, you know, as far as. So they fly, when they're coming down, they fly into the wind. Mm-hmm. They use that so wind use to, that to control. Makes sense. So as far as like setting up your blind to prepare for the shot, you know, how where you want it. Because that's another thing that's it's crazy how you set your spreads up, your decoys. You can predict where those geese are going to land more times than not. You know, with how we set ours up, there's a 90, I would say a 90% chance, especially over a pond, we know exactly where those geese are going to land or where we're going to shoot them at. And that's that's one of the cool things about it. It's, you know, deer hunting, a lot of times if you, um, I know it's a goose show, but I think it's, right. it's easy it's okay to, to kind of compare, compare the two. Sure. 
but you can pattern a deer and you can kind of figure out but when it comes down to it you have no idea what that deer is going to do next to where in waterfowl i think you can almost you can almost die down like this is what's going to happen before it even happens okay let's make, start let's makes you feel more confident as a hunter too when you're like see boom told you told you <laughs> now see i could say although before this year or last year i can't say that anymore but Last couple previous years, I could guarantee you I could kill a goose. But it's because I got a, a couple that lives on my, my pond, uh, what do you call it, island. They've been coming for 10 years out here, and I think one of them must have died or something because they weren't here last year. And they would have their, whatever you call them, babies, on, on my island. Yeah. And then I would go down and mow in the early spring, and they would just follow me around the pond while I'm mowing and get pissed off. And then, you know, kind of move off and maybe take off and come right back. And I knew those those babies were somewhere close, and I would assume it was on that island. But And uh, so I'm like, man, if I really wanted to, I could just take the shotgun down here and end it right here. But, <laughs> you know, I was like, that's kind of cool. We, they come every year. Every year, the exact same – I would assume it's the exact same pair. Yeah. You might know more about geese, obviously, and, and that sort of stuff. But it's interesting how every year about the same time they would they would show up and they would stay for – Probably a few months. I mean, it felt like at least because they were here in the spring. Probably most of summer, yeah. Yeah, and uh, and then leave, and you would see the babies out there, you know, swimming and stuff. Even um, so, like we would call them local birds. Okay, you know, they stay here. They don't. So they don't migrate back, back up. And yeah. North. Okay. Um, you know, I can't really confirm if they were migrators or not, but earlier this year, I. Had what we call a cripple you shoot it it falls on the ground but then it's not totally dead so it kind of walks away or is trying to fly away Mm -hmm. i ended up chasing this goose like 150 yards through this field (laughs) and the whole time i'm doing it there was like 12 geese in this you know group that came in and one of those geese stayed back and was just circling me like a like a vulture because i think he was paired up with that goose that was on the ground and that was the first experience i've ever had with that normally if you shoot into a group of geese and you know you drop one they're gone they scare you know they go but that one goose he he didn't he just stayed back and he circled right above me until Mm i you know retrieved that geese and then he he finally flew on but yeah, that was a, a first one for me. I mean, this shows my ignorance, but I was told by somebody years ago that they mate for life. Is that you guys know? Is that something you know of? I don't, I can't be one hundred percent sure on that. Yeah, I, I can't Google either. Um, <laughs> That's what I'm doing right Some, now. I swear, like a penguin. Like I, a penguin. Maybe what? it was penguin shit. Maybe that was what I heard. penguins. <laughs> no, I know they do. But what's those two big? What's the swans? Yeah, swans. I think swans do. Maybe it was penguins though, honestly. But I swear, somebody told me that that geese. Have you seen the pelicans on the reservoir lately? Uh-uh. There's some pelicans so, there. Huh? Yeah. So I haven't seen them this year, but last year when I was uh, running pretty regularly, I was running around the reservoir, and I thought it was trash. Like somebody had dumped it was them. two trailer fulls, you know, of trash bags. And when I was running on my way back, you know, 30 minutes later, they had swam across, and the biggest bird I had ever seen in my life like yeah. they are huge and there was probably two or three dozen of them really mm-hmm. that's cool i've never seen anything i've like never it. seen a pelican in my life i mean here yeah um 
I, I did have a cool thing, and we'll get back to actual goose hunting in a second, but um, it's probably been about five years ago now. Our neighbors have a pond. Just You can see it from our back door. Their pond's actually closer to our house than our pond is. And uh, one, one, it was, it's, it was really cold that year, and it was snowing pretty hard the last few days. And she looks out the back door, and she goes, look at those geese. They are huge. I look out the back door, I'm like, yeah, they are. And then I kind of turn away. I'm like, wait a minute. And that neck just. <laughs> and they were real dark color, too. And I'm like, those are swans. There were six swans in their pond, and they stayed for two days. And then left. Mm. Never seen a swan in my life ever again since then. Here. Yeah. And I'm sure they're here more than I, th- I, I know because I don't pay attention. But that was pretty damn cool. One was beautiful white. And the other four, which I'm assuming were her babies, were the darker color. You know, almost like they were. Like a gray or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Not, not black. Yeah. But that would make sense. Yeah. I don't know about anybody else, but I've seen more swans this year flying around like. Have you? Say Lafayette County. Like, I've, I saw them. We were doing some work down in Concordia, and I saw, like, eight or ten of them flying together down there. Can you hunt those in Missouri? Mm-mm. No? <laughs> and I I started to think back. I'm like, have I ever – maybe I have, and I just don't recall, but it's been a long time since I've seen a group of swans like that, you know, flying with geese and stuff like that. But Do they, do they stick around geese a lot? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Honestly, I couldn't tell you because I mean I have, I can't remember seeing them. Sure, yeah. Lately, but the ones that I have seen this year, they have been with geese. with those. geese. Yeah, that's why you probably don't. They fly. Them. They kind of fly alone. You know, they fly by themselves as a group. Obviously, mm-hmm. you, you don't technically see them mixed in with geese, but feeding in the field, you know, you'll see them sharing the same field. Obviously, but yeah. As far yeah. as mixed match flying together, I haven't don't see that, that no. Yeah, it's pretty. I mean, she got out her SLR camera and all that crap. Took some really cool pictures of them, and I mean, it was pretty. It was pretty damn nifty. But uh, yeah, back to goose hunting. Did you Google it? Yeah, they do mate for life it, with uh-huh. very low divorce rate. Is what they said. Look at that. Wow. So, pretty learn, cool. Learn something new every day. <laughs> They're better yeah. than us. Yeah. Where'd you get that from? You know, just, it was the first thing that came up on so, Google. So Wikipedia. One <laughs> CNN was it? No, <laughs> Wikipedia. Fake Somebody news. just made it up. Yeah. Let's talk about decoys. So to get started, I mean, you guys said when you first kind of had it, you had about 10 or so. Is there a perfect number somewhere where if you can reach this, the more the merrier? 10,000. You know. I'll start first, and I'll let Brian take over. But in my opinion, I think the more the merrier. Um, It's kind of – Oh, how do I put this? Say you're a single man and you're looking for a girlfriend. Well, if you have a $3 million house and Those days are over. six trucks or whatever sitting out in the parking garage, you might catch a woman's attention more than you would just being an average Joe. That's how I kind of think the more decoys you have, a more likely chance you're going to kind of create, you know, a scenario, a spot, yeah, and yeah. then, you know, just grab that geese and then the geese's attention more. Because a lot of times they don't fly over you, they'd they be flying around it. you, and you can call, and you you know they're obviously we don't know because they're sometimes they're a quarter half mile away, but a lot of times I think they turn their head and they see a lot of geese, and he can probably yeah, and I know he agrees with it, but you know the definition of decoys in the last five to probably even ten years 
is night and day from what it was back in the, you know, 70s, 80s. Um, so I, they definitely look more like real geese nowadays. Mm-hmm. And But also I think with too much, it's it's almost easier if you kind of like he went um, – he talked about earlier about pressure. Like you don't want to seem over the top. You want it to be like kind of just low-key, maybe only putting out – a dozen or two um, might feel that geese like feel a little bit more comfortable rather than having to look over, you know, 250 decoys rather than just 20. Right. Trying to figure out what the hell's going on. Yeah. Why is there a landing strip painted for me right here? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but they do, man. It's it's cool when they when they fly over and especially the ones that are uh, kind of I would I would say committed. Their heads are just going right to left the whole time. Really? Yeah. And that's kind of one of my favorite parts of it, just seconds before that goose, I guess, dies, you can say, just how he's just scanning everything. Their their heads are always moving. They're always looking. And, I mean, it's just like any other wild animal. But And are they looking for something wrong <clears throat> most of the time, or are they just – are they trying to pay attention to where they're landing? Or, like, what – I mean, do you, you obviously don't know because you can't talk to a goose, but – in your in your assumptions at least are they trying to make sure they're safe or by the time they've gotten to where you're seeing them look around they've already committed to coming in and at that point it's just a last second oh no i see the guy now and that's mm-hmm. when they might peel off or are they still evaluating camo definitely is your number one like sure. y- you've got to be brushed in and hidden you know really well because they just like a deer they can spot you 10 times easier than, you know, you could spot a goose. Mm-hmm. But I think they look for, you know, say a goose lands next to other geese a thousand times in a year. They probably see a lot of the same similarities, you know, on how if they fly into a group, if I, – I do think they see a lot of the same things with real geese. And if you don't necessarily – you know, I, I don't want to say a lot of guys know exactly how to set up a decoy spread, but, you know, and I don't think I do 100% of the time, but I feel like we have a general idea on um, I would guess. how to get them to come down. Right. But if, if you put all your decoys too close together, they're going to be was, like red flag. I was I was just going to say I would guess, Brian, if you gave me twenty two dozen decoys and you took two dozen decoys and we went and said, okay, you go set yourself out. And I'll do the same thing. Mine is going to look like a bunch of, like, why is that one upside down? Why is that one walking away from the pack? You know, just yeah. there's probably an art to how you set them out. But if, if someone was starting, what would you, I mean, would a dozen decoys be something that somebody could get by with starting out? Or, so so you if, you're, if you're starting out and you're just getting into it, um, it really depends on the spot you have. Um, if you're running traffic, a dozen's not going to do you any good. If you're hunting a location that the birds want to be, just say, for instance, a pasture pond that they mm-hmm. hit all the time, every day, all week long, you can go throw six floaters out and, and shoot your limit. Um, it's all about where they want to be. The reason why we started running higher numbers is because we typically don't hunt the spot that they want to be. We're trying to make them come into something. Um, but 
I think a lot varies back to the numbers of what you use. You know, if if there's only four or five hundred birds in the area, you don't want to throw a big spread at them. If they come over a big spread, they're gonna be like, "This is weird. There's not that many geese around here." Um, but when you get to your peak numbers, um, you know, like right now, we're probably at our peak numbers <clears throat> goose-wise. Um, you could throw a big spread, and they're they're looking for that stuff. But early goose season, when you just have your local birds that stay here all year round, and you go throw a big spread out. It's never it's never been successful. It's always been throw a few decoys out. So if if you're just getting into it and you get you a, get you a dozen floaters, um, if you're going to hunt a pond and and maybe a dozen full bodies and and you'll have some success. Um, other days may be better, but right. That's uh that's hunting. I'll tell you I'll tell you right now. You know twenty twenty five years of hunting and we've we've built up our spread and um, thanks to my brother by the way he's he's always always bought decoys every year you know we've kind of tried to go half and now he kind of took over getting all the duck hunt and stuff and i'm taking care of the goose hunt and stuff but uh it, it takes time you can't i mean it's hard to go out and just buy you know 30 dozen decoys and say okay well, i'm gonna go goose hunting i mean well they're pretty expensive aren't they? Yeah, how, on average how, like how much is a, de- a decoy or do you buy them in packs so i mean a dozen decoys dozen full bodies you're probably minimum 280 bucks oh, if, it's, if it's on sale yeah and that's for 12 decoys so um, hey when you leave my basement tonight and my <laughs> wife's upstairs and says hi to you we were talking about deer we weren't talking about goose <laughs> geese okay that way she's like nope she won't she won't be able to tell me no she you're won't. not you're not getting into that <laughs> she won't start getting worried until you buy your first pair of waders no more tyler jarvis coming over here because you spent money <laughs> <laughs> but as the years progress everything goes up um, as you see this year, shotgun shells are, I mean, outrageous expensive. Yep. And uh, that that's big. I mean, but people can afford them, and if people can afford them, they can afford decoys. So it just matters how much you're into it. If you got passion for it like I do, you know, I may buy a dozen decoys just out of nowhere um, just to add to the spread. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's, it's very easy to get into, and you can start off with, with low numbers and just kind of build the pain because if you buy a dozen decoys and don't have any success you may say well i'm giving it up i'm not doing it anymore right but i never did that i just kept building and building and building but so how you, many, how you many? got a small like shop that houses all your decoys then just nah, the decoys no he actually i know my brother-in-law has all his stuff in a trailer he's got an enclosed trailer and all his damn duck and decoy duck and goose stuff is in the trailer most of the time we used to have this old old little 10-foot enclosed metal trailer, heavy, and we had that thing packed full of decoys. And finally I said, you know what, I'm going to buy a bigger trailer. We're going to be organized. And uh, so so I've got an enclosed trailer that's built, got a wall built in it, keep all the full bodies in the front. In the back you got your blinds, your, your ice eaters, um, floaters, stuff like that. But uh, there's a lot of money into it, that's for sure. But – like I said, 25 years, you know, 25 years from now, I may not even have more. It may still be the same. Right. But but starting, you know, I mean, you could start out with a dozen, see how yeah, it goes absolutely. first. And, uh, obviously, calls are important. Um, now, can you use electronic calls in Missouri? No, you can't. So then why the hell does everything we buy? That's what I, I, I thought that was true. But, like, you know, Andy owns a Lucky Duck uh, uh, coyote call. And I own a Fox Pro. They both have goose calls on them. 
you know, they come preloaded with goose sounds. Really? But I'm like, maybe it's for other states who maybe that's legal in those states to use those. But I'm sitting there going, why is a goose call on there? Although I'm guessing that would work for a coyote. You know, a goose freaking the hell out. Probably. It, uh, it it may have been a snow goose call. Um, you know, the Missouri Conservation Order goes in when you can start the spring snow goose season. You can hunt. They're unlimited. You can use electronic callers yeah, yeah. for them. Um, I'll have to so look. Honestly, I've never used it. But. So, uh, quick story. Um, I was hunting with some buddies, uh, actually Ryan Greco and Dakota Thurn, uh-huh. uh, a couple days ago, and the action was slow. And we were talking about the annual Midwest the Kyle Wildlife tournament. Kyle Tournament coming mm-hmm. up. And Dakota got out his teal duck call and just blew the hell out of it. Just, he's like, I'm going to call on a coyote. You know, I'm thinking we're going to come here and hunt this, you know, in the next couple of weeks, whatever, for this tournament. And I will be damned five minutes later, he's tapping us on the shoulders and he's like pointing. <laughs> There's a and there was a coyote that come over about 150, 200 yards away just – Walking on a terror, staring at us, and something different, you know. Like yeah, they hear rabbit distress all the time. Mm-hmm. They hear all these different things that everybody uses because yeah. coyote hunting is no different than goose hunting. It's also gotten more popular, and all the different types of hunting and fishing have, and that's that's awesome. But uh, you know, the coyotes, just like the geese, probably get used to. They get smarter every okay, year too. I keep hearing that damn jackrabbit. I'm gonna stop going to that. <laughs> yeah. Or whatever, you and know. That's so another thing that was about just different. Yeah, you know? another thing about goose hunting and with the calls is it's not easy. That's what I was going to ask you. It so it's not easy to blow a goose. How call. much if you want to start and you don't know anything, you're probably going to be doing a lot of watching of YouTube, learning how to. That's how I started. Get that down because I'm assuming if you sound bad, they're going to know it. Mm-hmm. So I, so when I started goose calling, I bought. Bought a goose call that had a DVD that come in it, and I would play that DVD. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> and because you know YouTube and all that, twenty five years ago, I didn't know really much about it, and and I would, I would, I remember sitting in Grandma and Grandpa's house, and I would put that DVD in, and I would just keep blowing the call, and I mean they probably got tired of me. I'd shut the door, and I'd be in there for an hour practicing, you know, and it's uh it's definitely not easy, but when you say that a goose call is important, it it is at sometimes, but sometimes it can be too much because, you know, you you can get their attention, and then if you stay on them and you're and you're being loud, they're 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 gonna think something, man, something's not right because you can't sound like 500 birds right. with all your decoys, you know. So if you're real soft with them, I I, I have more success that way. Um, sometimes don't even pick up the call, you know, if they're coming, let them come. They're comfortable, um, but. It it does help in some instances, and we talk about that too. That's part of the the process of them coming in. You know, as we're preparing our shot, that's the first thing we, you know, the first thing we do is we grab for our calls. But there's uh, there's sometimes where, you know, they're they're already locked up, like they're wanting in, and like he said, that's let them come. We're like, hey, 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 let's just let's just let them come, let them come, and you can do just a little soft mumble, just a and that's sometimes that's all it takes. You should have brought yours tonight and given us a little taste. taste. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. Squawk on it. I'm not that good at it. <laughs> I'm there's, guessing. I'm guessing that's a lie. He's better than yeah. most. Don't let him. There's there's don't some people that not. are that are incredible on a goose call, and and I don't know how they do it, but I just uh, I can I 
I'm so much in a hunt, like when the geese are coming in, I'm watching them. Like he said, they're turning their heads. I'm watching their reaction. So if I'm blowing my call and they're not locking up and they're not acting interested, well, maybe I don't need to blow it, you know. And then sometimes they'll act like they're going to red fly over you and then they just set right down. Um, so it's just all about how you're into it. Yeah. We'll talk a little bit about the different types, like a callback. So like when the geese are flying away – um, he's, I feel like he's mastered it. I haven't quite got there yet, but so they, they, th- there's different tones. They that didn't come in at call. all or, okay. And they're kind of just wanting to, they're like, eh, I don't like this. And they start to fly away. Well, they call it a comeback call. And a lot of times I would say almost 50, it'll get them to turn back around. And it's, it's a higher pitch and it's more of a, more of a faster, wouldn't you say it? You're not you're not sounding like one goose. You're sounding like fifteen geese screaming like, "Hey, come back!" And that's it's. I think it's saved us a lot on you know having a group finish and a group not like flying away. It's or just, or if you have a group that's that's going away and you hit the comeback call and and you may just break one of them off. Like one of them says, "Okay, you know what? I'm going back." The other group yeah. may go on. But typically, when they turn around that second time, they're they're going to come in unless they see something. Um, you know, back to the basics of, of buying the decoys, you know, I've always sent it out of layout blinds and they're low profile. You think you blend in with the grass a lot better. And, and what I've noticed these last three to four years, I don't think the geese like the layout blinds. That's everybody's using these A-frame blinds now, which blows my mind because, you know, deer hunting, you want to be camoed in, everything like that. Well, goose hunting, I feel like you do too, but you're setting in an A-frame blind in the middle of a pasture or middle of a cornfield, whatever, and, and they don't mind it. But if you put a layout blind down, they see it. They know. It's almost like they're, they're scanning the ground and they pick you out versus an A-frame blind. It may look like a – And is that something you're A layout blind is much lower, isn't it? Absolutely. So like you're laying down. You're laying on – yeah. They only stick up like, what is it, a foot and a half? And yeah, that maybe. bothers them more than an A-frame. That's what I've started, started noticing these last – two to three years it's been it's been pretty noticeable and and this year was the first year i've i've hunted out a-frames before but this year was the first year i was like you know what let's get one and let's try it and we Is put we it have, out we haven't had one flare we put, i don't think we've had one flare all year no and we put it out and i'm like man this thing <laughs> and, just, and you're much it, more comfortable i'm guessing you're sitting oh down. yeah <laughs> heater going and, and everything you know it just makes it more enjoyable uh so windy that's days. Some, something you're sitting in then yeah rather than laying down okay basically like a, bo- a box blind you know and okay. it's something like that but uh it's just crazy you look at it and you're like man that thing sticks out there's no way i would even come close to that if i was goose but they land all around it. They they don't mind it, and it it just blows my mind. That's one thing I've never understood is how a goose can pick out a layout blind versus an A-frame. Like there's they're weary, and they'll take off the first you know sign of something that goes wrong. But I've got this house sitting in the middle of this field, basically. <laughs> Absolutely, that doesn't bother them. And yeah. see, it's and just maybe maybe it blends in more than you think it does from you know their perspective. Right. You know, yeah. it's just hard to say. I, I don't know. There's probably a few pros and cons between layouts and A-frames. Obviously, there's comfortability and just easy access. And, like, for layout, you can you can almost put a layout blind anywhere. Mm-hmm. But with the A-frame, the one we have, it's 
It's the uh, Drake Gilly four man, and it's actually got a roof that's got two swinging hinges. So, you know, when you're in a layout blind, you've got to stay down because the second you stick your face out, they see you. So when you're laying down and those geese fly behind you, you don't know where they're at. You don't know if they've gone on. Maybe you're not calling when you should be calling or you're calling when you, it's not necessary. Um, but, I mean, I'll be the first. You know, you always want to try to peek You, you want to look. You want to look, yeah. yeah. But with this A-frame, you have that ability. You can just watch them, watch them do the whole thing from the time they come in till the time they land, fly away, whatever. Hmm. And that's that's by far my favorite part of that's the A-frames cool. is just being able to watch them rather than not being able to watch them sometimes when you're in a layout. Stuck in this coffin. Yeah, not yeah. laying on the frozen ground on your backbone. And As as you both get older, because right, I think I'm older than both you, all three of you, but it's probably going to feel a lot better to not be laying down, sitting sitting a little more comfortable, not so cold. It is. Yeah. It definitely is. And like he said, how – how surprised we are that they don't mind it, you know, because you, it literally looks like a sore thumb hunting in a pasture pond. Yeah. Now, I'm saying you could hunt along, you know, a tree line or in the timber. And if you're duck hunting, you know, yeah. in a marsh, you can easily hide that thing. But if you're hunting a pasture pond that's got green grass that's two inches tall, you know, it's, it's hard to mimic what's around you. Yeah. So we just kind of found some – riverbank grass and brushed it in and just kind of went with it because it was our it was our first time yeah you know after we bought it and we were we were impressed how so that would is that probably the most expensive thing to get started then because you you have to have some way to hide yourself right i would say decoys definitely decoys are by far probably more expensive um then you you can buy a layout blind nowadays for anywhere between a hundred and fifty bucks to oh, three hundred and fifty bucks. That's surprising to me. I was thinking, you know, like in the A frame blind that you guys have now. I'm just envisioning this, you know, two thousand dollar thing that you got to go buy. And oh no, I don't know how you get by without having a blind goose hunting. Right. So like gotta, right you now, you something. know, you can get A frames anywhere. I think Rogers has got like a a goose buster or something for two hundred bucks online right really? now, which is that's good. Cheap. I mean, which you're probably going to get what you pay for, you sure. know. And we paid a little more for for the one that we have, but you, you uh, get four guys together, you know. Yeah, make it, it worth it. Not bad. It's uh, it's hard to get four into ours. I mean, you'd it'd be really tight. Three's about perfect. Um, two, you got all the room in the world. Um, it's, but a lot of people buy two or three, and they'll have them all. You know, if they want to hunt eleven guys, they're going to have three blinds mm-hmm. right in a row, and. uh but that's that's what it's uh it it surprised me because the first time we hunted with a frame, I had the layout blinds ready to go. And they were they were up on top of the hill, and as soon as they flared off that a frame, we were gonna put the layout blinds out. But never had to. That's cool. And what, you were like, why wasn't I doing this twelve years ago? Exactly. <laughs> what about uh, shotguns? Everybody use twelve gauge pretty much, or you see people doing anything different? His brother hunts with a ten gauge. Ten gauge. When he comes up and goose hunts, but yeah, twelve gauge is yours. Even bigger, <laughs> average. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Uh, do you aim for the heads? 
And for the body? Well, if if you ask my brother, he you know, that 10-gauge, he just aims for the body, and he doesn't miss very often. 12-gauge, um, I feel if you aim for the body, they're so tough, you're, you've pretty much got to aim for the head, get, mm. get at least some of the BBs in the head. Um, if not, I mean, we've shot them, and, like, man, I know I hit that thing. And it's gone, you know, it flies off. <laughs> right. It's like, man, then things are tough. But, uh, you know, 12 gauge, and a lot of people are like, well, what size shot do you use? Grandpa used to hunt with two and three quarter six shot steel. And I was like, no, nah, there's no way. And he said, well, if you get them close enough, you just shoot them in the head. And, and yeah. he would, you know, grandpa's a good shot. So um, I, I I just use 12 gauge, three inch, two shot, three shot, something like that. Um, they make you know bbs triple bbs but i just feel like the the pattern coming out of the choke tube i just feel like it's not as good when you get up into them triple bb and bb shot gotcha what kind of chokes do y'all like carlson by far um carlson makes it my opinion makes the best choke tubes okay yeah i'd I'd have to agree with that one that's that's kind of your uh your hoyt and matthew I was just going to say, we would be remiss not asking this question. Gun of choice. What's your favorite shotgun? Benelli. Benelli. I mean, Benelli's just the most efficient, durable, lasting. Um, I I typically use my guns, you know, six, seven years in a row before I buy another one. Yeah. And, and it don't have to, you know, a lot of people like the, the high-dollar ones. And it don't have to be a high-dollar one. You know, you find one, a good deal on one and. But I, I recommend Benelli over anything. At one point in time, I owned a Benelli Nova, Supernova, and Super Black Eagle too. Uh, I don't have one of the Novas anymore. I can't remember which one. But uh, and the Super Black Eagle too, at one point in time, was free. My dad bought it years ago. Why? Do you remember why he even had that? Who knows, man? We got to make a trade for that. No. <laughs> hey, I agree with you. I have a Nova. You can have you can have a Nova I have again. To go look. I can't remember if I still have the Nova or the Supernova. Anyways, and I, he bought this shotgun. I don't know what for. Probably never shot it. And I started uh, turkey hunting. And so I'm like, hey, can I borrow the Benelli? And so I started using it. And he's like, you just keep that at the house. So for like five years, I had a free Super Black Eagle too, And... He finally got a wild hair in his ass. He's like, hey, you still got that shotgun I let you have down at the house? And I said, yeah. He's like, well, I'm going to sell it. I said, well, you're going to sell it to me then. And he said, okay. So I still bought it for next, I mean, probably 40% of the price that I should have bought it for. I mean, it had only been fired still a handful of times. But uh, I felt a lot a lot better when it was free. <laughs> but it, it did cost. I mean, but you're right. They're, they're amazing guns. Um, when, is it Winchester came out with the SX3? Yes, I believe it is Winchester. And uh, I know my brother-in-law owns one of those and is a huge fan of it. And uh, he's a waterfowl hunter. Um, but, yeah, anyways. I something for the, uh, real quick, something for, you know, somebody that may be wanting to get into it. I would definitely go with some kind of synthetic or a, like a Benelli that has a wrap. Yeah. Because a lot of times when you're waterfowl hunting, obviously you're around water. They get wet. Don't get your wet. barrels yeah. will rust. I have a a um, a Mossberg 500. Actually, I got from him back when we were younger, and that's kind of how it's developed some rust from over the years, just yeah. from being around water. If it's starting to rain on you or something while you're out there, and I mean, 
it's it's kind of a no-brainer but yeah definitely go with a some with a synthetic or a wrap yeah that's got your you know your max five camo wrap or mossy oak whatever but yeah that makes sense i'm kind of upset i sold that nova or supernova whichever one it was because i spent the money and after i bought it, it was black and i got it wrapped and i was all proud of it and then i decided i didn't like it and i sold it which who sells guns anymore i was stupid <laughs> that's one of the only guns i've ever sold in my life but uh yeah, and it looked good, and I think I got it in that max that max camo pattern. It was it was pretty cool, but yeah. Well, and you know, and you can get a pump shotgun. It doesn't have to be a Benelli, but even a Benelli Nova. That's what at I at least at least you know ten years ago when I bought that, they're not that expensive. I mean, I'm 32 and I still shoot geese for the Benelli Nova pump. Yeah, and I mean, you can probably get into one for a used one at least for 500 oh, or less. Oh yeah, yeah. Um. You know, there's a lot of times where those semi-automatics jam up because it's too cold and mm-hmm. the old pump's still firing. Just keeps going. Yep. Keeps eating. Yep. Awesome. Um, what's some other basic stuff that we're missing here? Anything? I think, you know, the most basic thing to be successful is you obviously have to scout, you know, find your geese. But like we talked about earlier, you don't have to hunt on the ground where they're feeding or where you always see them you can get the property next door or even a half a mile down the road and you could still kill those same geese once again it kind of sounds like deer hunting Mm. it doesn't have to be where he lives you just got to be in the right place at the right time you know near where he lives at all times i think the the more dedicated that you are and the more time you put into it you'll succeed more um you know we we work all week, don't get a chance to hunt until the weekend, and, and right now we got an ice eater in a pond that we're preparing to hunt this weekend. And doing all that work all week long, running the generator all week long, you got to fill it up with gas, move the ice eater around, and that's how much I love to do it. I mean, I'll do something every day to have that successful hunt or to weekend. be able to enjoy the weekend, you yeah. know. Because if you get out there the day of that you're going to hunt a pond, say, for instance, and there's four inches of ice, you know, you're not going to open it up with yeah. an axe or anything like that. So, Got to put a little work into it. Absolutely. And for the people out there that might want to try it, you know, chances are you know somebody that's a goose hunter. See if they'll let you tag along one time. I mean, you know, if you've known them from growing up or whatever. And, uh, you know, the nice thing about goose hunting is, and it's the same with coyotes, it's easier to get permission to goose hunt than it is to deer hunt because uh, a lot of farmers don't want those damn things, you know, at their place either. So, um, you know, just if it's something you that might be interesting to, to you, uh, instead of going out and spending a bunch of money first, see if somebody will let you tag along. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, that that's probably easier to, to figure out if you're going to like something than it is um, like a, a deer hunt, right? Tyler, you and I, and Micah, and um, Brian, you might be this way at some point with bow hunting, never know, um, is if you asked me, can I come hang out with you while you bow hunt to learn about it, probably going to be like, I'll tell you everything you want to know, but I don't want you messing up my stuff. <laughs> right? Like, it's it's going to be harder for somebody to take that new guy out bow hunting, but, you know, maybe goose hunting, maybe a guy like Brian, somebody calls and asks him, and hey, you know what, no one's going with me next weekend, you can come and, and check it out. Mm-hmm. And that person really probably isn't going to mess up that guy's hunt either. 
and they get to experience what it is maybe to goose hunt or yeah. waterfowl hunt. So. And for sure, you know, that's how I was when I first started. And, you know, I went out for the first time with him. Is One, I was 17. I'm not going to be able to afford, you know, $1,000 worth of decoys and all this stuff. But, you know, I, I, had, a, I had a shotgun, mm-hmm. and I didn't have a blind. I had to use one of his. But I obviously wasn't going to go jump off into the deep end and buy all this stuff without even knowing what the hell I'm going to do how to do it Mm -hmm. so that was definitely yeah just go for the first time and you're gonna know one way or another if you want to do it again you know it's um kind of like shooting a deer once you shoot one you want to shoot another one yeah you know you can't wait for the next year that's uh yeah definitely and also i think a big thing is is and what we pride ourselves on is being respectful to the guy's ground that you're on sure Yep. You know, there's been a few times where it's been a little muddy. Don't drive your truck out in the field. Don't rut it up. Um, you know, don't don't try to run into any fences or, you know, if he's got cows out there, maybe go hit your other spot up. Right. You know, until you know you get with the guy and maybe he's maybe he's going to move those cows to the next field or whatever right. next week. But definitely be respectful because I've I've talked to farmers before. And I've gotten answers where they say, I used to, but, you know, years ago I had a guy, you know, wrote up my field and, you know, he tore a bunch of stuff up. And since then I've never let anybody hunt. So, yeah, definitely be respectful because that's not – that's somebody else's property. Yeah, it ain't hard to be – it ain't hard not to to not be an asshole, you know. I mean – or just be respectful, you know, Mm -hmm. because you're right. it's, It's harder to get permission to do things. I mean, even though it's easier to get goose hunting permission and cow hunting permission than it is, up, you know, like deer hunting. But, yeah, you know, it, sh- it should go without saying that I'm not going to drive through your field when it's soft out here and run it up. Yeah. And if for some reason I mess up, I will fix it. You know, I'll take care of it. I'm so sorry, right? But, uh, you know, it's not hard to be that respectful person. And, and if you are that respectful person, um, you're, you're going to keep those spots. Yeah. You know, those farmers or, yeah. or landowners are yeah. going to let you stay. And, and farmers talk. They'll they talk. Do. Yeah. <laughs> you don't yeah. want to get a bad name with them. Yeah. You don't want to be the name that comes out of the little boy's mouth at the coffee shop. He you goes, know, rough, I yeah. had such rough. and such. Four wheeling in my yard. Oh, yeah. well, he's he's actually hunting one of my fields right now. And, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, that's, a, that's a good point, too. And, you know, and like I said, it's just uh, when this comes out, it's going to be right before goose season ends. But, you know, hopefully this inspires somebody to give it a shot or at least ask, you know, their friend that has been doing it for 20 years. I wonder if he'll just let me go sometime and see what it's like. I highly recommend it, you know, because there's been a lot of years where I've killed a deer in October and I couldn't – I didn't hunt until (laughs) next October, you know. And, you know, that's why I always just used to fish or whenever I could or whatnot. But now that I've gotten back into waterfowl, you know, years ago, it's – fills that gap it fills that gap mm-hmm. and you know there's a reason like brian why he is so ate up with it and a lot of the diehard goose duck hunters that you see or know it's they enjoy the hell out of it it's part of their life it's it's not just a hobby it's they're gonna do it one way or another every year come rain shine high water whatever yeah. you know duck hunting is always going to be on the agenda or goose hunting. Right. And and there's a reason. It's because it's it's a challenge and it's 
it's I, it's I don't know. It's rewarding as hell when you mm-hmm. can lure a wild animal within ten yards of your face. You know, it's gotcha. He, he doesn't have to. Yeah. You know, but it. Like I said before, it it takes. I think I think it takes an art, and that's why I think that you should definitely go with somebody who is experienced, just so you get started off on that right step down that right path. I mean, I'm not I'm not going to discourage anybody right from like, hey, I don't know anybody. I'm just gonna I'm gonna do it. I listened to this Missouri Woods and Water podcast, and they they said go spend two hundred fifty dollars on some stuff, and I'm gonna go do it. Screw it. Hey. You might have a lot of fun, and, and you might actually be successful. Chances are you're probably going to suck at first. Mm-hmm. And the the more you suck, the least the less fun it is, I would say, right? I mean, if you're not successful hunting, it's not as fun. So I would think, you know, the uh, the want to to do it more would go up if you went with somebody more experienced. So that, hey, hell, that was fun. I didn't kill any goose or geese, but he saw... He killed five of them. That was, or I guess he couldn't kill five. He killed three of them. That was awesome, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so, but you know, I don't. I don't think that should uh, discourage somebody from trying it. But you're definitely right. Yeah, definitely. Somebody try to go experienced with somebody would be better. Because I can only imagine myself out at my pond just being like, "I'm going to kill some geese today." <laughs> <laughs> my pair's not there no more, so I can't do that. Um, and like I said before about you know when I was younger and learning how to set your blind and set your spread with the wind. Mm-hmm. You know, you could go out there. If it's, if there's a north wind, you know, the wind's coming from the north, and you set your blind up on the south side of the pond, you're not going to be successful. Yeah. More like, more times than not. Right. Just, just because they're going to be like, why are those geese on that side? You know, <laughs> they, wouldn't, they wouldn't have landed right there. Yeah. But They'd have hit the bank and rolled in if they would have done it that way. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I I would regret not asking this question because one thing about waterfowl hunters that I think is pretty damn cool is the relationship they form with their dogs. Have you had dogs your whole life? I mean, have you never? I have not. Brian, no. you? So uh, my brother bought a dog. Um, she's on her fourth season this year, and uh, probably the best thing that we've ever done, um, that I've ever experienced waterfowl and watching them dogs work and pro, you know, their progression within the years is unbelievable. Um, you know, first year he sent her through some training and that helped out a bunch, but then he put the time and effort in and trained him, you know, trained her himself and made her do what she wanted him to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, there's nothing better than than uh, knocking down a bird and and of course you get to just sit there and let the dog go get it but watching the dog work you know get downwind of that that bird and then sniff it out but that's uh probably the best thing he's ever ever done was was bought that dog the problem with buying a dog is is you're only going to get you know 10 11 years out of one Mm -hmm. and then you know you're going to retire and then eventually you're going to lose that dog and that's just i mean that's part of it but it's it's a tough deal to go through yeah yeah you probably need to keep your dog away from from goose hunting because your your dog has prey drive if i remember correctly you got a uh australian shepherd mm-hmm. yeah so that thing will probably chase the geese before they yeah, got to the it kills me too because i know every time i go to leave in the morning he's he's wanting to go because he loves truck rides and i'm like man if i knew you would just lay still 
You could just come. I, watch. I would take him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, my dog's the same way. He got put up before you guys got down here because he'd be in your faces. But he wouldn't. He wouldn't do well. It, he'd be trying to kill all the geese before they got down there. So. And yeah. back to the, with uh, Bella, his brother's dog. You know, it is impressive watching her work and watching her retrieve him. But I think the most impressive thing to me is how all he has to say is place, and she runs to her kennel her little blind, mm-hmm. and just does not move until he says so. And it's how a dog is that smart. You know, I've never been around a dog like that before. Yeah. So it's it's truly amazing how, how dedicated it's, she is. Honestly, I, we've we've talked about having a show about dogs in, in the outdoor world. You talk about waterfowl dogs, blood tracking dogs, you know, just sport dogs in general. I mean, my dog's a German Shepherd who's got all of his uh, his titles and, you know, the bite work and all this stuff. It's amazing how smart they really are when they have that that want to to do it mm-hmm. and uh, yeah like you said i mean it's he can place that dog apparently bella you said her name yeah, was Yeah, Be- bella and she won't move until he tells it to right that's pretty dang cool if you think about that in general it's uh it's been it's been interesting watching her grow up you know he people put vests on their their dogs when it gets cold out or if they're hunting in the ice and you put a vest on bella and she will lock up she won't do anything she'll just stand there stiff like she's scared to death as soon as you take that vest off she's just fine he's never put a shot collar on her he did purchase one and he said i'm not gonna do it he said there's there's no reason for it Uh, one big thing i noticed about her this year is you know we're we're sitting there watching ducks fly over we got ducks working She'll let you know if something's close. If you watch her, she'll she locks right onto them and she follows them around in the sky. And and if you don't see them and you could see the way she's looking and you look that way, there's normally something. Now it could be a crow or an eagle or something like that. Right. But they, it's something's neat. flying. It's neat watching yeah. a dog do that. Just how they get into it and how they they follow it. But yeah, uh, I watched a a guy at a uh, oh, a hunting place, hunting preserve, I guess you'd call it was training uh, pheasant dogs one time, and he put on this little class for us people watching, and he just did these hand signals to this dog. This dog was doing all this stuff. I'm just like, that's a crazy how how they know how to do that stuff. I've seen you a know? dog do that in the water. Yeah, just it'll lose it'll lose the bird, and that, that the trainer or the owner will yell its name, and it'll turn around mid-swimming in the lake, and he'll – point in direction and she'll start swimming that way or he'll start swimming that way and that's, yeah, pretty, that's pretty cool, cool. yeah pretty sweet well fellas we uh we appreciate you coming on talking about some some goose hunting basics i think it's uh it's a little late but better late than never i say we've never been good at timing anyway no we never have <laughs> but uh you know we appreciate you guys coming on and, and giving folks the basics when it comes to goose hunting because us two would not be the ones to talk we're, to we're glad to do it and <laughs> Like he said, we're no professionals, but, you know, we don't have troubles killing our birds. So, yeah. it's when it comes to the basics, I think we know we know the majority of them, and if not all of them. When it comes down to it, you know, people say they're not professionals. That's just a title. Like, that's just somebody that gets paid to do it. Yeah. There's plenty of dudes and gals out there that are straight-up killers in all the different hunting aspects, deer hunting, duck hunting, goose hunting that have regular nine to fives that I would put up with a lot of pros out there anyways, you know, but, uh, that, that's just a title in my opinion. I think I know plenty of, uh, you know, coyote hunters, deer hunters, goose hunters. Well, not really two, 
<laughs> yeah. uh, you know, duck hunters and whatever that I'm sure are just as good as some of the guys that they don't think they are as good as. So don't don't yeah. don't don't downplay yourselves. I'm sure you you've been doing it 25 years, dude, which is it, probably over half your life. Yeah, I don't know how old is. you are, but um, you know, the first three or four, five years, whatever it was, I never even had a gun. I just watched, and mm-hmm. for somebody to be able to go out and just watch and not be able to actually kill something it's uh it, it's a lot you know i was raised on it's a passion something i love to do i'll do it every year nothing will ever change my mind about it um i i think it's funny sometimes tyler and his brother you know football games on man you're gonna miss a football game because you're hunting I'm like yeah i'm hunting <laughs> <laughs> and i may have been out there all day you know or i may shoot him a text if we get done early and say hey i'm done I, i'll come watch the football but I won't. I won't choose anything. You know, won't choose football, sports, anything like that over waterfowling. And it has gotten easier because of DVR. You know, now I can I can hunt and you know come in and at least fast forward through the commercials for the first half or whatnot and uh, catch right back up. You know, with everybody else. But yeah, yeah. Now it's one thing when it's week three, but if it's the wild card playoff game and yeah. he's wanting to <laughs> hunt till four, I'm like, yeah. It's, I'll just, drive it's just like you said it's it's just like those passions yeah right i mean i'm the same way i grew up playing football i love football till the day i die and it's it would be really hard for me to i don't know i don't know if he was sitting in front of a trail camera the night before or something maybe i, I maybe i would record that game and be a little late but yeah, uh, missing it all together. That, that's why I'm saying DVR is great because now I I know I can at least get there at halftime and catch back up or whatever. But I don't know missing missing that game last night would have been difficult to do. Oh, although 100%. with about 13 seconds left, I wanted to. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> nah, our buddy and I was almost on my way too. We were we uh, got up off the couch, you know, mad, and we were getting ready to go start our trucks. And Jake actually, or I, I, Jake actually went to walk out the door, and for some reason he turned back around just, just to watch, yeah, to watch us walk off, I guess, and yeah, yeah. Next thing you know, we kicked the field goal and tied. I'm like, what? Let's see. This show's gonna come out after the AFC Championship game, so I really hope this is like a nice reminiscing of us also after we won that game, because yeah. this will come out the Tuesday after. But yeah, that as far as at least that game against the Bills, that was. My son was sitting right here where I'm sitting right now and said, Dad, there's still time. There's, they have 13 seconds. And I said, buddy, that's that's next to impossible. Yeah. And he goes, but it's possible. We have Patrick Mahomes. Little shit was right. <laughs> that's all <laughs> you got to right. say. All he needs is 13. He didn't even need 13 seconds. <laughs> yeah. Pretty yeah. impressive. That's uh, Yeah. That's, that's going to be a hard one to beat. You know, we thought the Rams game, you know, two years ago, Mahomes' first year was yeah. the greatest game in the NFL ever. And yeah, that was an amazing that game. Was, you know, Josh Allen, hundred, I don't know, what was it, hundred and sixteen or something combined points. Oh, and the the Rams, the game. Rams game, yeah, like yeah, we lost 54, 50, 51 or something, fifty one forty eight, I believe, was it? No, we, we they both scored over fifty. It was like fifty four, fifty one. I think they beat us by three. Okay, I can't remember it honestly now. I know it was high. But yeah, yeah, but yeah. Those games are entertaining for sure. Yeah, well, but fellas. Appreciate Thanks for having us, talking man. about some goose hunting. Yep. Yeah, Thanks absolutely. For Thanks on. for having us. All right. There you go, guys. Go kill some geese.
I was really hoping we'd talk about ducks, too. That way we could name the episode Duck, Duck, Goose. But we didn't, so. That's pretty bad. I mean, I thought it was funny. Yeah. You, Andy's not here. There's no dad joking. No, none that of that. That wasn't a dad joke. That was, that was pretty bad. I, w- I, I tell you this much. I would not have named the episode Duck, Duck, Goose for you. Just because you Even wanted if to be we a dick? About ducks. No, it's because you wanted to be a dick. No, because Duck, Duck, Goose, what's, what's the show about? I mean, I guess it's about duck and geese. Yeah. People would have got it. That would have been horrible. Whatever. Anyways, thank uh, you. Thank you to to Tyler and Brian for coming on. Um, we learned a lot just because it's not our thing. If you're a hardcore waterfowl hunter, might I not, still yeah. think you might have learned some things because you yeah. know they talked about some some decently intricate stuff that sure. You know, I'm assuming like seasoned waterfowl hunters think about like uh, you know they they land in the wind right. Which now that you now that you say it out loud, you it think makes of it, sense. you're like, well, yeah, it makes sense. They're they're using the wind to come in, right? But you don't think about that in normal everyday life. No, you know, I I forgot that. Even asked the question about uh, bands, bands. I forgot that one. Thanks for bringing that up, Dickhead. <laughs> and uh, also, I wanted to ask about like this is a dumb question, but they use their eyes, right? Sure, their eyes are probably their weapon. Yeah, do they smell? I don't think so. I'm pretty confident okay. they're not worried about. It's I mean, I've seen, thing. I've seen videos of guys cooking on like Blackstone yeah, you know, grills. True. That's true. You know, grilling up sausage and bacon. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure they don't worry about what smell. <laughs> or do they smell? I don't even know if like do they have a sense of smell? I, I doubt Hell it. Hell if I know. So anyways, uh great show. We appreciate them coming on. And uh we're gonna go to bed. Yep. I'm going to get out of here. See ya, buddy. See ya.